You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 231. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton from BleedingGreenNation.com. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. The Eagles have clinched a playoff berth. Four straight wins, all against bad opponents, all with concerning starts. But they're in after starting 2-5 and five this season. Remarkable turnaround by the Eagles to get into the playoffs when things were looking quite grim through the first half of the season. Brandon, how are you doing, my friend? Jimmy, how could I not be doing great? If the Eagles are in the tournament, as Nick Sirianni put it, a good Mm -hmm. phrase, I think, to describe the postseason. Uh, A lot of stuff to get to in the show. Kind of a weird situation in that who would have thought we would be here in week 18 where the Eagles would be resting their starters most likely (laughs) and have a play (laughs) and also be the seventh seed in that scenario or most likely be the seventh and maybe end up being the sixth. We'll get into all of that in today's show. But before we dive in, righteousfelon.com, go there, use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order of the best meat snacks and non-meat snacks that you can possibly have in your life. So go do that. And Jimmy, why don't we dive right in? Yeah, all right. So why don't we just kind of blow through our takeaways from uh, the Eagles-Washington game, and then we'll get on to the fun stuff like playoff, playoff opponents, ideal playoff opponents, likely playoff opponents, et cetera. Um, but I guess I'll start with you on this one. So what was your feeling on the way that Jalen Hurts played? Was it a stock up, stock down, or stock even game for you? A really big uh, – I'm glad you brought this up early because I feel like you got some heat. I, I heard uh, I for in your post game notes, you put him as a stock neutral. And I was surprised you did that um, because my like emotional reaction, visceral reaction that I tweeted right after the game was like, I, I felt like this was a franchise quarterback kind of game from Jalen Hurts. It wasn't okay. necessarily like he was like lighting up the, you know, Washington secondary, like Joe Burrow did to the chiefs or whatever sure. out there, but it, it wasn't, like it wasn't about that for me and not every, you know, franchise quarterback performance has to be about that. Like Jalen Hurts came up really big. I thought in some really big spots on that third and 14, having that pass to Greg Ward was huge. Um, he had a really nice run at one point. It didn't result in the scoring drive. It was a punt, but still it was like, I think it was his longest run of the day, that 22 yard run. I just thought that was a really nice play. There's some really nice plays in that game. And then more than like maybe a specific play, was kind of just the sense of the game. If I can mm-hmm. get into that and talk about, like, I just thought he was so composed. And that's not something new from Jalen Hurts. Like, we know he's a pretty composed dude. But at no point in the game did I ever feel like they were seriously going to lose. And that's part of the, part of that's the opponent. And, and I know it came down to the end, but still, I just, I had confidence in Jalen Hurts. I thought he looked really comfortable out there as a passer. Thought he looked like in control. And obviously after the game too, which is kind of funny to, to loop that into the performance. But the way like he was composed with a freaking like group of fans almost falling onto him, like there's something real there in terms of being composed. And I thought I thought I've always thought 
That's what made Nick Foles so special when obviously he had his run was he was just mm-hmm. so freaking composed in that stretch and I trusted him. And not to always make it everything about comparing to Carson Wentz, but there are a lot of times where I didn't trust Carson Wentz because I thought he was going to be rattled or I was kind of nervous watching him because it looked like he could be frenetic. And I just don't think Jalen Hurts is that way. He's unflappable. He's composed. So to me, this isn't like, um, the biggest stock up game ever again, cause I don't think he was, you know, sensational as a passer, right. but I thought he was really good. And I think on the whole, it's a definite stock up game for me, but you had him at stock even. Yeah. So I had him at stock even. And the reasoning that I had initially was that Nick Sirianni continued to pound the run in that game on a day where the run game wasn't working. Um, there were ample opportunities in the passing game. Like there were down several defensive backs. Washington was, um, Sirianni opted, in my opinion, not to put the game on his shoulders. And in that, my view, that was kind of telling. However, you know, a lot of people made a lot of the points that you just made. <laughs> and then also, uh, you know, I kind of realized myself, like, it shouldn't matter how Hertz was used uh, in terms of, you know, the evaluation of his play. He managed the game, didn't make any big mistakes. Um, I thought his, you know, first drive of the second half was sort of a tone resetting kind of mm-hmm. scoring drive, uh, capitalized by that crazy play that he made where he was able to get that pitch off on fourth and goal to yeah. Boston Scott. Like just a super athletic play. Like that play was dead, or it should have been anyway. And it's just a kid that reacted to a, a weird, you know, moment where he got stepped on, tripped, whatever, and uh, was able to make that play on his way to the ground. And uh, Boston Scott ran it in for a touchdown. Like if he doesn't make that play, it's a potential disaster. Like they might not win the game maybe. So I don't know. Um, anyway, a lot of people did make those, uh, those points that you just made. And, you know, I kind of recalibrated and thought, well, you know, it's not, it's not, again, it's not his fault the way that he was used in that game or that they didn't necessarily put it on his shoulders. Uh, and I sort of, uh, you know, took all that into account. I changed it to a stock up. Wow. Um, so I you flipped coward. Well, I'm not being a, you can call me a coward, sure. But you could also say that maybe I'm not a, a, an egotistical, egotistical douche. No, I think you're that willing. too. <laughs> but in this case, I wasn't who uh, was able to, you know, take in the feedback that I was getting, reevaluate and, uh, you know, acknowledge that good points were made uh, against my initial sort of grade on him. And I changed it. So uh, stock up for Jalen Hurts. Good job, buddy. I mean, you did say, in fairness to you, I'll come to your defense here, you leaned more towards stock up, obviously, than stock down in that game. So you weren't like, you know, like, this is a terrible game for him. (laughs) Um, You know, Uh, okay, so we got through that. Um, (laughs) Defense uh, in that game, in my opinion, was uh, very shaky early on, obviously. Tightened up in the second half. Um, They ended this, well, we shouldn't say they ended the season, but they ended this, this season, assuming they rest their starters and we'll get to all that in a bit but assuming they rest their starters which you know it'll be basically meaningless this whatever stats happen in this week 18 game are are meaningless but from weeks one to 17 at least you know right now they're eighth in points allowed top quarter of the league and they're seventh in yards allowed so also top quarter of the league got big games from uh monte maddox uh from josh sweat and from and obviously Rodney McLeod made a, a great play on his interception. So uh, yeah, I, I think the defense was sort of a microcosm of this season, where they got to, sort of torn apart, you know, early in the season against really good quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke made some weird but good plays in that game early in the game, which kind of put some points on the board for or helped put them points on the on the board for Washington. And then they got better as the game went along. Um, 
where, where do you think sort of this defense is right now? Like, can they play better in the playoffs against a guy like Tom Brady than they did earlier in the season when, you know, all these stud quarterbacks were throwing for 80% completion percentage or more and just tearing them up? Like maybe, but how could anyone, <laughs> how could anyone feel like, yes, definitely yes. You know, that was my kind of takeaway from the Washington game. I know, you know, they didn't allow any points in the second half and uh, adjustments and whatever, but man, like the way that it looks so easy again for Washington and Heineke at times, and he was on pace to become the sixth quarterback this season to complete over 80% of his passes. He only finished at 75%, so he wasn't like super far off. Uh, I, I still have questions. You know, I, I really need to see this defense go up against a quality quarterback. And again, not asking them to have make that quarterback have the worst day of his career and, you know, hold him under like 80 passer rating or whatever, but like, you know, kind of just keep him to a not great game. Um, I, that would be a sign of progress to me. And I, and I just don't think I can take like entire world's meaning out of beating up on these lesser quarterbacks, which again, there's some value to it. It means more than nothing. You don't just like say that you don't get any credit for that. But when we're talking about competing for a championship, at one day, then you kind of, you kind of have to get to that level where you can at least not, it's not like every game you're going to again too, that you're going to have, uh, great games against these good quarterbacks. Sometimes you're going to get beat because the good quarterbacks are really good for a reason, but you have to show something and they haven't, they haven't shown that to this point. So I don't know how you can go into the playoffs feeling like, yes, this defense will definitely be able to, uh, limit the damage that an opposing quarterback can do. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said there. They, they haven't had a chance to show it. Like the last good quarterback they played was what Justin Herbert in what, yeah. like two months Week ago, nine it's, or whatever. It's been a while since they played anyone legit. So uh, I think they've done. And I mentioned this, I believe, on the last podcast or a recent podcast. But you know, they've done a much better job disguising coverages and that kind of stuff. So maybe they'll have more success against these you know, really top tier quarterbacks. I don't think they're conceding the short to intermediate areas of the field uh, like they did earlier in the season. Um, so yeah, I, I like their chances of performing better against these better quarterbacks, but um, you know, as Carson Wentz would say, uh, hard to say, we'll, uh, we'll see, <laughs> you know, we'll see soon enough. Um, so let's move on to likely playoff opponents. Uh, so if the Eagles beat the Cowboys week 18, there are 16 different scenarios that could take place around the rest of the league. And 14 of those 16 would result in them playing the Buccaneers. If they lose to the Cowboys, again, 16 scenarios uh, across the league uh, that could potentially occur. Um, eight of them would result in them playing the Buccaneers. Four would result in them playing the Rams. The remaining four would either be the Cowboys or the Cardinals. Um, so they're very likely to play the Buccaneers, uh, whether they win or lose more likely if they win, um, followed by the Rams than the Cowboys or Cardinals. So, uh, you know, but those last two, of course, are, are very unlikely in terms of the order in which, and we already went through these last podcast. I think I know I was the most, uh, favorable matchup would be, uh, from, you know, most at least would be Cardinals, Rams, Cowboys, Buccaneers. Do you know what yours were last week? 
Uh, I think it's similar. I think the Ram. Well, I mean, you know, I was. It's tough for me to include the Cardinals because I just don't think they're going to oh, get right. it. Oh, that's right. We didn't even include them. But it is possible, but uh, it is but possible. Very I just, unlikely. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the Rams make sense just in the terms of you know. I think what we talked about last week. Stafford is not playing mm-hmm. well down the stretch, and not only is he not playing well now, it's not like he has a track record of. First of all, playing at all in the playoffs and then, you know, playing well when he has the, the few times or whatever, the one time, whatever he has made the playoffs. Um, so there's that. And Sean McVay, you know, I, I, like I said this to RJ in the NFC mixtape. I know it's a bit like of a trope for us to kind of, or at least for me to kind of hate on him because I've never been a Sean McVay guy. And obviously mm-hmm. I take it like probably a little too far because he's, he's won a lot, but, um, but what of significance is he really won? Because he's a big coward. And that's, that's very much, <laughs> that's not, not like just anecdotal. That's very much like evidence of him turtling up in big moments. There's going to be a big call in a big game where his team has a chance to go for it and he's not going to do it. Like he's done this time and time again. And that's really like a big advantage. I think that you have going for you that, you know, the other coach isn't even going to go all out to win the game. So, uh, that's why the Rams are not super scary to me the cardinals have been inconsistent so absolutely you know you put them in there so i think th- like it's pretty easy to say that those are the top two you want to play in that group and then there's a gap i think and then it's kind of trying to figure out between the bucks and the cowboys which is tougher but i kind of have a different take on this jimmy and i want to see what you think of this okay and and maybe i'm crazy but i kind of think like the, i think the obvious situation for the eagles a lot of Eagles fans would say, give me the weakest possible opponent in the first round. I want to see the Eagles win a playoff game. And that makes total sense. But I think from a standpoint where the Eagles are, and especially a year where they're, I think they have serious deficiencies that prevent them from winning a Super Bowl. Not saying it's a 0% chance, but not a likely chance, obviously, and certainly not as likely as other teams. And this is kind of a fact-finding mission of a year and a transition year and trying to learn about the team more and trying to learn about Jonathan Gannon's defense. I almost want them to see like a really tough opponent. So maybe the Bucks first, because I want to see how they respond to that. I want to see like what we can learn about them. And I was on WIP last night with Jody and he was like, well, you're stupid because uh, <laughs> if they win, then they're going to the Packers. Get in one Lambeau, anyway. yeah. And that would <laughs> yeah. be, and it's like, okay, it's a fair point. Um, but still, that was going to be uh, my rebuttal immediately too. Yeah. So, so maybe a bad job by me, but, uh, the point being still, I want to see them tested. Whether, when, whenever it is, I want to see them get a really good test. I think anyone they play in the first round is going to be, a, like, the Rams are good, obviously. Um, I will say real quick on, on Matthew Stafford, I was, I don't know if you heard the typing when I, when you were talking there, but, uh, first eight games of the year, uh, 68.9 completion percentage. 22 touchdowns, Almost four nice. interceptions, 118 quarterback rating. Last eight games, 65.9 percentage, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, hmm. 90.1 quarterback rating. So he has been a tail of two uh, halves of the year this year. Um, I mean, he was been talked about as an MVP candidate after those first eight games. Now, not even close. So like he leads the league in pick sixes this year. How many does he have? I forget, but it's at least there's on the Titans game. I think he just won. Did he have one against the Ravens? Whatever it is, I know he has a decent amount. Yeah, so I mean he's prime for the for a loss in the playoffs, and you know I think everything that you said about Sean McVay, uh, I agree with. He is a coward. I agree with that. I think he's a good coach, but uh, 
he has made very like his that that sequence at the end of the uh Saints game that they ultimately won because they didn't yeah. call that pass interference was just awful and I don't remember exactly what happened on that but it was just horrible I remember he was getting killed and rightfully so after that game so yeah, I don't fully trust the head coach and the quarterback in the playoffs there. So I would take the Rams. And, you know, as Jody pointed out, they're going to get the Packers in round two more than as long, assuming they, you know, get the right. seven seed. Uh, I guess it's possible they could get the six and um, the seven seed could win round one, in which case they're still <laughs> the going to get somebody good anyway. They're, they're yeah. still going to get a good team in, in the second round anyway, if that happens. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, I I would say root for getting the Rams <laughs> and then, and then if you can get by them somehow, uh, then, you know, they're probably going to get their asses kicked up and up in green. Bay. Although I think they, they match up in some ways nicely to green Bay. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, well, we'll see. I think it would, it would, their, their run would end there. Packers are the only team in the, in the NFL, by the way, that, uh, is undefeated at home this season. Yes. And they've barely lost at all under, uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers there, like that combo, like they've, mm-hmm. they've barely lost at home. And uh, also, I think, <laughs> big mismatch between Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan Gannon's defense. That's, yes. I think that's the ultimate mismatch um, because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to take anything that the defense gives him. Uh, so we'll see about that. Devontae uh, Adams, also a rare player that – not a rare player, but like, I mean, he, oh, he yeah. had a he, – like Darius Slay has had a good year in 2020. He had – I think it was two games that he was that sort of he was just overmatched, and it was DK and it was Devonte Adams that mm-hmm. really took advantage of him in in yeah. two games last year. So, uh, so there's no point of even talking about resting the starters, right? It's like the Eagles have to do it. There's, is it, I don't think I, I don't I don't I haven't seen like anyone really even opposed to this. I saw like one person tweet at me being like, "How could you possibly end the season with a loss <laughs> to the Cowboys?" And I'm like, "Well." Because Very it doesn't easily. matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? I mean, did did you object to that in 2017 when they had the mm. one seed wrapped up and, and they lost six nothing or whatever it was? So yeah, I mean, it's very clear that. In fact, it's like we said, you know, just a minute ago. Um, if if you're of the belief like we are that the Buccaneers are the the worst matchup that they can get in round one, um, and they're almost certainly going to get them if they win, but they might get the Rams if they lose. Losing is actually the better option here. So, I mean, you wouldn't even have to tank necessarily to to achieve that. You'd just be resting starters, of course, uh, right. in this situation because you got your your you know your playoff berth wrapped up. But I think what they did in terms of all these another bit of news here: Eagles put twelve guys on their COVID list, all of whom got significant mm. snaps and or have been getting significant snaps i guess probably the 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 least of the names on that list is jack stoll who still gets a, a fair amount of snaps but every player among those dozen players have played a lot and i don't think that's a coincidence i think they the eagles probably asked uh a certain subset of players to volunteer to get tested and then boom they have a high number of players that are positive and they're going to probably keep those guys whether they're whether they become asymptomatic or they're ready to come off the covid list i think the eagles are just going to keep them on it until after the cowboys game which will enable them to bring up uh you know as many guys that are on the covid list they can bring that many players up from the practice squad and then that's just more players who don't have covid who don't have to play in that game so i think that's probably what you're going to see and um very smart move by the eagles to to sort of you know, 
use gamesmanship in terms of what the what the NFL's rules are for COVID. And then once they do come back, they don't have to get tested again the rest of the season. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. I think it's a very sad. Whoever came up with that, uh, whether it was Howie or one of you know one of the other uh, analytics nerds in the building there, whoever came up with that uh, was was you know doing some some nice thinking there. Very good strategy by the Eagles, in my opinion. Uh, it's a little weird to me in terms of like, <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, your some of the reaction was kind of funny to me immediately. It's like, oh my gosh, they put all these players on this list, and it's like, and somewhere like, well, this is really good timing. It's like, guys, if the Eagles had to play a must-win game this week, <laughs> they would not be putting twelve players on the COVID right. list on Monday. Um, there's a little part of it that makes me. I acknowledge what you said. I think it is smart strategy-wise, but it's it's a weird thing for me to like reconcile that with you know deadly pandemic like hey we're kind of exploiting it's just like (laughs) kind of feels weird to me i'm not saying they shouldn't do it but like i just don't love like being like wow this is you know amazing this because it's it's just weird it feels weird to me um now, I if they're like it, chicken poxing or like they're like, you know, go hang out with this guy who we know is COVID. <laughs> right. Like that's not cool. Well, yeah. But that's not, that's not what they're doing here, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird, but it definitely makes sense. And not again. Not, it's, so there's the two things. Like, like you said, it's the COVID, like the reset basically. And because some people were asking too, like, didn't Dallas Goddard go on the COVID list earlier this year? And he did. Um, but he's about to come up on like 90 days of when he was last tested for that. So like, this is going to reset the counter for that. And, uh, and then in terms of, like you said of the, the practice squad call-ups where right. in a normal week, 17 or 18, you know, 17 in the old days, uh, the, the idea, and by just back, we'll use that example when the Eagles rested their starters in 2017, you know, it wasn't like literally every starter is not playing because you only have what? 48 players. On yeah. The they could, active- they, and you, you couldn't call up practice squad guys. Well, that too. You couldn't even call them up. Yeah. But you have, but the point is, you may have 48 players on an active Mm -hmm. roster. It's not like the preseason when you have 90 and you can just literally take all of your starters out and not have to play anyone if you wanted to. Um, So, you know, you're going to have to play some guys. And even still, even with the Eagles doing this, they're probably, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, like TJ Edwards is going to play some and, or like, uh, or Alex Singleton or Steven Nelson or, you know, like whoever. Um, I mean, Jason Kelsey. I don't think any of those guys are going to play in this game. I mean, who, but don't they have enough? Do they have, like, who, so, but someone's going to have to play, right? Like, some starter is going to have to play I don't think so. somewhere. Okay. No, You're, they're going to have enough so. to take every single person out? <laughs> yes. I think they okay. have every starter. Yeah. I think they'll be able to take every starter out of the game. I think the starters, I mean, Jason Kelsey's going to at least play like the first snap though, right? Cause like, they're just going to end his consecutive start streak because of this. Like, yes. Yes. Because he's really, on, he's, he's on the COVID list. So they're not going to bring but, him back. I mean, he could easily test out though in time. I don't. I don't think they'll care. So they're going to end his consecutive start streak because of this. Well, if he retires, it's going to end anyway. Yeah, but it's like it's at a point where it's at a really impressive point right now, and he's probably close to like surpassing some people. Anyway, uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, the fact that they can do this and they have what they they have they still as of we're recording this on Wednesday, January fifth at two o'clock, they still have the twelve players on. So. They can call up twelve, right? Because <laughs> it's as many yeah. mm-hmm. twelve from the practice. It's as many as uh, you have on there. I still feel like a couple of those guys might get activated before and extra because you could call up. Uh, I mean, you could have your regular two or th- is it two or three call ups? Two. To, yeah. So your two non COVID. Your twelve call-ups. plus those two. 
Right. So basically almost the entire practice squad. <laughs> yes. And they've already designated Cameron Malvo. And who else as uh, replacements? They already called up two guys. Uh, to the Keyshawn roster. Johnson. No. Or nope. Keyshawn... He just returned. You're thinking of uh, J- Jacoby Stevens is who they just called up again. No, I think like as we were starting the podcast just now, I, th- I think I saw an alert. No, they- he was returned from the practice squad. Oh, okay. List. Okay. Um, All right. I saw that too. Uh, I'm Jacoby Stevens. Anyway, we're really in the weeds here. So um, <laughs> I think that's just about it for the first segment. Although I do want to ask you a question that you didn't have on the sheet and has okay. become something of a topic here this week. Uh, how do you feel about Howie Roseman? He's had it. I think uh, so. What I'll say about Howie is um, he put the Eagles in the situation that they were in this year, where they were unlikely to be competitive. Uh, they had to kick a lot of, had to do a lot of can kicking down the road uh, just to be able to, you know, field a, a reasonable team this year and wound up being better than reasonable. Of course, they're a playoff team. Uh, what I think he did really well was the draft. I mean, what he did in terms of going from six to 12 and then uh you know picking up the first round pick in the process moving from 12 to 10 to get Devonte smith and of course the trade of you know recognizing that carson wentz you know carson wentz wanted out so that was sort of the you know the 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 spark that ignited that whole situation wentz wanted out the eagles if the Eagles really really wanted to keep carson wentz he probably would have still been in philly they would have found a way to i mean they just wouldn't have traded him but um they, I think they recognized that yeah, yeah, maybe Carson Wentz isn't all that. And they were able to get a first round pick for him. And so now they have three picks and they have some youth. They have some players, some young players that are playing well. And I think that, you know, I remember back during the offseason, you and I sort of agreed on this point. Like, what is there really to look forward to at this team? And now they have that. So, like, I, you know, they have some young players that are playing well. You have some spirited debate on whether you have your franchise quarterback going forward or not. Uh, and there are legitimate arguments that that they do. There are legitimate arguments that they don't. But there is at least the possibility that they do. And uh, they have all these draft picks in, in 2022. So there's there's some you know reasonable um, expectation for them to improve with even more uh, youth and whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I have to say that Howie had a, a good – uh, 2021 and has sort of, he's what he's good at. He'd be, he's like a, he's like a, a golfer that just can't put the ball in the fairway, but is able to scramble and somehow like save par. <laughs> like, I think that's sort of what Howie is good at is fixing disasters, but sort of not steering the ship in just a steady direction when he already has his chips in place. Yeah, and also being complicit in those disasters, like yeah, having course. a role yeah, in those. Of course. Yes. Um, so I absolutely want to give Howie credit here. Um, and I think he deserves some of the praise he's been getting. I think some of the framing has been funny from what I've seen as, cause it just totally like ignores the context again that he made the mess that he is cleaning up. It's <laughs> right. not as if he took over. It's like some of the, the discourse to me reads as if he came in for this other GM who messed things up. Like that's, that's what I'm, that's the feeling I get when I read some of this praise. Yes. Like, you guys recognize, like, and I get that, okay, at some point, you made all these mistakes. It's about how, you know, you bounce back and what you do from there. I understand that. I, I can, you know, give him credit for that and acknowledge that. But, and look, you know, it's just kind of funny. Like, I don't think because we were critical of Howie in the past, it means, like, we are totally wrong. I don't think that's that's the take. I think maybe we're too harsh at times. 
Uh, maybe. Yeah, you could say that. Um, but it doesn't mean like, oh, like you never should have been as hard as him as you were in the first place. Like, come on, give me a break with that. Like, there was a lot of bad stuff that went on. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that he has. I mean, you, you can just list the the number of really horrible moves that he made from 2017 until 2020, whether it be mm-hmm. free agency, the draft, or re-signing players to crippling extensions. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a really bad awesome. four-year four stretch. It's, yeah. it's undebatable. But uh, you're right. Like in 2021, he certainly had a good year. And, uh, you know, we, we are, uh, of course, crediting him for, for, for the year that he had this year. And, you know, I think this is a really big offseason. Like, and this is nice where they are right now. But, like, part of the other funny thing about praising this is, oh, so great. What a turnaround. I mean, this team was a Super Bowl contender. And now we're celebrating the fact that they're in as a seventh <laughs> yes. seed, which until last year, that wasn't even a real playoff spot. Like, you know, let's not, like, crown them as the executive of the year to me. Like, I saw some talk about that. You should win executive of the year. Like, I just think that's a little that's a little much for me. Um, I think – how he has a big chance this offseason to really you know, use these picks and get this team back in the right, like really, you know, in a really good spot and maybe make a jump next year. And at the end of the day, biggest thing is still the quarterback. And I think Jalen Hurts has shown encouraging things and maybe he's the guy, but like, he's not definitely a hundred percent, you know, the answer. And that's so he, how he still has to figure out that part as well. And if he doesn't like all this other good stuff, that's encouraging. doesn't really matter if they don't get the quarterback, the right quarterback, or they can't find the right guy there. So, um, one, maybe, one more thing, one more thing sure. before we move on there. Um, one thing to add to is they're, be, they're, be, they'll be playing, excuse me, they'll be paying for a lot of their players in 2022 and beyond. Now the, the cap is expected to go up substantially, like a lot mm-hmm. uh, relative to other years. So they'll be able to afford a lot of these bumps that they have with players that they, you know, restructured this year to make, you know, to sort of fit them under the cap this year and actually give them a lot of room under the cap in 2021. But as uh, the great Sam Lynch loves to point out, you know who has the highest salary, like base salary on the team right now, and what it is? is it Have Avanti you seen him tweet this? Yeah, that's correct. You know what his base salary is? It's like one point four million or something. One point six million is hmm. their highest base salary on the roster right now. And what does that mean? It means that the Eagles, what, what a very common tactic that GMs in the NFL will do is they'll take a player's base salary. And they'll pay out a big chunk of it in terms of, in, in in the form of uh, a, uh, a a bonus check, and then they can take whatever they paid in that bonus check and spread it out over future years. So they did that with pretty much any player on the roster that had any kind of base salary at all, and now they're going to be paying for those players in 2022, 2023, 2024, and beyond. Uh, so like it's not like they he like his wizardry as a lot of people like to put it, was really all that complicated. Like he just took money in 2021 and spread it out in the future years. Uh, so I think that's also worth noting. Yeah, I think so too. And again, you mentioned the cap will jump up, so it's not the biggest deal. Right. But I mean, other teams out there will have more money than them, in part because <laughs> yes. they didn't spend theirs wisely. Like So it's a relative thing. Uh, but okay, yeah. So, you know, I, I think Howie deserves credit. Uh, I do. No doubt. Um, all right. Why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? But before we do, let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN 
BTN15 for 15% off your order. I think one of the most revealing things to me about the quality of Righteous Felon is I know some of our loyal listeners here at the podcast are very much repeat purchasers. Like they, it's not like they just get this once and they get it and they're like, yeah, it's whatever. Like I know people, uh, and I don't want to, yeah, Rich Bobby. Example. Yeah. Um, who, and it's multiple listeners. I don't want to like dox everyone, but I know Rich, Rich probably doesn't mind because he's a great listener. Um, that, uh, you know, are getting repeat orders. So the point is people really love it. So, Consider that if you've never tried it and maybe give it a try and maybe that'll be you. So you can go to righttosellem.com. Use discount code BGN for 15% off your order for, again, the best beef jerky and other meat snacks and non-meat snacks that you can get. You can check it all out on their website by going to righttosellem.com and using discount code BGN15. Perfect for uh, the playoffs coming up. You're going to be watching some playoff football. I think underrated story this year, Jimmy, as I've said. The Eagles getting back to righteous. I mean, honestly, big, the, the people who deserve more credit than Howie Roseman for the mm-hmm. Eagles this year is righteous felon craft for jerky. Sure. And, uh, and maybe actually I will give Howie credit because maybe it was him who got it, who got them back on it. Uh, so if that's <laughs> right. the case, I'll give him uh, an A plus for this offseason. So, uh, it's the meat snack that the Eagles eat. If you guys didn't know that and they're feeling up on it and they're getting, they're getting loaded up on it for the playoffs. So, uh, you should be too. Jimmy back after this back here on a bgn radio jimmy what did you do during the break uh i looked down at my desk for like a half second and then i looked yeah. back up isn't that great isn't that the magic of podcasting where you take a break <laughs> and we actually just don't do anything uh so i don't even have time to take a sip of my coffee so before we get on the pod today, uh, I was waiting for Jimmy to hop on the record session that we have, and I was playing a little mini clip pool, eight mm-hmm. ball on my phone. Big, big, just been, I don't know, something about it. I've just been, What's I think, it called back again? in Oxford. It's like mini clip uh, eight ball pool. Okay. It's really fun. Uh, I got back into playing pool in like October. I used to play with my uncle who like kind of trained me and my dad when I was really little. Uh, I'm not any great, and we've had this discussion before, and you're like a master over there, or at least you used to be really good at one I point. Used to you're be, probably yeah. still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you're still probably better than the average player, you would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, so it's fun. Uh, what's your big phone game of choice? Yeah. So my daughter um, downloads a ton of games and plays on them on her iPad, um, and the one that she downloaded that I basically – took over completely uh is called cooking fever which basically it's uh it's sort of a uh a time management game more than anything like you gotta uh prep food and you gotta feed the customers and you gotta like sort of kind of strategize how you're gonna uh be able to serve customers their food quickly when they come and they tell you what they want to order um so yeah, I've it's very very addicting. I would actually recommend not downloading that because if you do like it, it will waste an absurd amount of your time. Uh but actually every morning what I do is uh I get up really early and uh most days I get up really early. Like I'm talking like 5 and I'll come down and I'll kind of be tired and I'll play a round or two of Cooking Fever just to 
and kind of wake, wake my brain up and then I'll start writing. So it's good for that. But otherwise, it's just a complete waste of time. <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun. Like there's – you get you buy like all these different restaurants and like there's a pizza restaurant. There's like a bakery. There's, you know, like a Chinese restaurant. You make all these, you know, different kinds of foods based on whatever restaurant you're in. And uh, yeah, very, very, very fun but also huge time waster, which I guess is sort of the point of a lot of these, uh, you know, games that you download on your phone. So this is not going to sound believable, but this was not a sponsored segment, by the way. Just to be clear <laughs> to the listeners, uh, really giving out free ads here. But uh, if you want to get in, gentle listeners, uh, why don't you tweet us with your favorite mobile game? I'd be curious or, to see that, yeah. Yeah, and specifically mobile game. Like I like video games and stuff too, but I want to know what people are playing on their phones and if I'm yes. missing out on anything. Uh, so why don't we do hashtag... Phone game. Hashtag phone game. Hashtag phone game. Uh, wait, I feel like that's going to be... Or is that too generic? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be like... BGN phone game. There we go. Game. Hashtag BGN phone game. Cool. All right. So, Jimmy, the note you have in here for our, the top of segment two, I'm just going to read it straight <laughs> verbatim. Okay. Stupid Mike McCarthy says he's playing starters. <laughs> you know what's weird is like the line is only seven, like Dallas by seven. And if Dallas were really going to play their starters and the Eagles are clearly not, the line would be way more than seven, obviously. So I think that ultimately he's going to play his starters initially and then quickly get him out of there. Uh, but Dallas really doesn't have much to gain by winning this game themselves. Like the Eagles, we as we already sort of went through, they don't. Uh, Dallas you can't get the one seed because they lost it last week and the Packers won. Packers clinched the one seed. They can still get the two seed, which I think is better than having the three or the four seed. But they need yes. a lot of help. So they have to win. And then the three things that also have to happen uh, off the top of my head, I believe it's the Seahawks have to beat the Cardinals. The 49ers have to beat the Rams. And the Panthers have to beat the Buccaneers. So... The Buccaneers, they may rest starters. I don't know. I think they can handle the Buccaneers anyway, or the Panthers anyway. But certainly the Rams are trying to win because they want to win the division over the Cardinals. And the Cardinals want to win because they're trying to steal the division away from the Rams. So, like, the idea that the, the Cowboys are going to get all three of those things to happen in addition to beating the Eagles are pretty unlikely. And I think they're probably best served to just rest their starters, especially when they just lost Michael Gallup to a torn yeah. ACL uh, during their week 17 game against uh, Arizona. So, I mean, if there's a if there's a team that, like, just sort of saw the consequences of playing their players, it's them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have in the past, you know, gotten the one seed in past years, gotten buys, and then bang, they're out of the playoffs, like, immediately. It's happened twice to them in, in you know, semi-recent years. So maybe that's sort of in the back of their heads and they want to just keep playing and keep fresh or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that strategy is very smart uh, by Mike McCarthy at all, if indeed they do plan on playing their starters for all four quarters. Which they might, because again, I, I think I've referenced this before, but back it was I think it was the last time they made the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys were playing in uh, at MetLife. They're playing the Giants, and they had nothing mm -hmm. to play for, and they played all the starters anyway. And Dak Prescott had like a game-winning touchdown throw in that game. I think it was to Cole Beasley at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, so. I wonder if part of that is like a Jerry Jones thing, you know, like, right. Hey, like, like this is what we believe in. We're always going to, you know, we're going to play the starters. We don't believe in resting the starters. Um, 
and obviously there is some benefit. It's like more than zero. It's not, I think it's, it's extremely likely, especially when you're counting on the Panthers to beat the Bucks. That doesn't seem the best thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's smart. RJ even said, uh, that it's stupid. It would be really stupid if Mike McCarthy played the starters. And mm-hmm. I don't know that they're definitely going to play the starters the whole game, even if they do. You know, it could be like, uh, you know, play them for the first half and kind of take them out, especially if they're leading, you know, especially if they build up a big lead. Uh, interesting to note that Micah Parsons was placed on the reserve COVID list. So it looks like he might not be available for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's tough to preview a matchup where, <laughs> Eagles are going to be not playing a lot of their guys, and the Cowboys will be or easy in the sense that the Cowboys should win this game. Um, well, are there any uh, other any players or is there any theme or whatever that you're looking forward to in this game? If uh, you know, if indeed the Eagles do rest their starters as we expect, I mean, I think there's some things to take out in terms of you know long term. Obviously, not, nothing nothing that serves the team so much right now. As much yeah. as hey, can Gardner Minshew play well, and maybe that boosts his trade value mm-hmm. uh, or solidifies it going into the off season. Um, this is really kind of like you know again in the weeds, deep cut stuff here for <laughs> yes. people who probably don't give a crap about this. But like Kerry Vincent Jr., like Tay Gowan, some of these guys <laughs> that Eagles acquired in season, like Zach they're going to be probably getting yeah exactly. Well, that, that's actually I think a good one. You yeah. know him looking good in training camp, and obviously he's a, a really strong contender to get playing time. Um, you activate uh Marlon Mr. T, Marlon Tui Pelotu, mm-hmm. you know, get him in some some snaps in there. Uh so like that Patrick kind of stuff Johnson. I think is fun. Patrick Johnson, um Coyote Awashika, maybe he gets some playing time at some point. <laughs> right. Jack Anderson could potentially be starting sure. at center. Yeah. Um so Andre Dillard, you know, seeing how he does. Yeah, on the uh, Minshew you front know. there with, you know, potentially boosting trade value or whatever for Dillard, of course. So I think it'll be interesting to see some of those guys and uh, give them give them a look, especially because you know when some of those players are playing in the preseason, normally they're just still going against the other team's backups. Whereas in this case, they would be going against the Cowboys starters, and kind of gives you you know a better a better test of you know what exactly those players uh, look like going up against better competition. So that interests me. I don't know if that interests a lot of Eagles fans, um, but I, from a long term perspective, I think it's it's interesting to think about kind of the developmental players because. Now, I think it's easy to kind of look over that stuff. Like, who cares who's on the practice squad, whatever. But, you know, Boston Scott came from the Saints practice squad when the Eagles signed him. Greg Ward was on the Eagles practice squad for a bit before he stepped up. So, you know, you never know. Sometimes you get some guys uh, to contribute off of there. So, uh, So why not? Why not get a look at those guys? Well, the last time they rested starters, did we talk about this on the podcast? Sidney Jones. Yeah. Sidney yeah. Jones was that, that was like the big story of that game that he was going to play. He actually played pretty well, if I recall, against uh, against Dez. He got roasted at one uh, point by okay. uh, what's what's his name? Uh, what was that guy's name? Terrence. Oh, Terrence Williams. Uh, no, was that it? Yeah, I think he's out of, is he out of the league now. Terrence Williams. I'm pretty sure I'm, he was I'm pretty, pretty good. Sure he's been I, that's a name I completely eh. forgotten about that guy. Yeah, yeah. I know he got arrested. During the off seat, they had an actual video of him. It was in the dark, and you see you see him riding his bike, and then you just see the bike go, woo! <laughs> like he just the bike he was hammered, and the bike just fell over with him on it, and then they arrested him or whatever. <laughs> but I think it was like you know one of those TMZ uh, videos that they acquired from the police, <laughs> right? Him riding his bike and falling off of it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, 
Memories of Eagles Cowboys games of yesteryear in which they rest their starters out. Anyway, uh, do you remember right, the so, name of the quarterback who I think beat them in a meaningless Week 17 game? Uh, was it in 2010? 2010. Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I think it might have been 2010. Um, There's a meaningless. Did Eagles. the Eagles rest their starters that year? That was the year that they lost to the Packers in the playoffs. Was right it, when? Uh, yeah, it was. It was like it was in the Andy era. Mm-hmm. 2010, huh? Well, 2017, yeah. if I can get to that. That was when Tony Romo played. And he – was it Tony Romo? Was that the year? No, 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 no. That wasn't it. That was a different year when Dallas rested starters and he tore him up. That might have been 2016 maybe. I don't know. Uh, 2010 though. Hmm. Cowboys quarterback. 20. Yeah. Wait, actually, yeah. I don't know. I'm stumped on that one. Um. What's his name? I can't find it now. <laughs> a really good trivia question by me. I don't have the answer. Uh, Twenty seventeen sure... Eagle starter, of course, was uh, was Sud in that game. Wait, I have it here. The, uh, yes, so the game was fourteen to thirteen. Okay, and it was in Philly, and I'm pretty sure the Eagles rested their starters. I'm looking for the the box score here. Um, I'm pretty, and I can't find. Yes, all right. There's a freaking. Ford 150 ad. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, I finally <laughs> found the answer to this long-winded trivia question. That's like, that's like my side. <laughs> uh, Kevin Cobb started for the Eagles. Okay, that makes sense. He threw one touchdown and three interceptions. Um, okay. Do you remember who started for the Cowboys, the name yeah, of their quarterback? I'm stumped. Stephen, Stephen McGee. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I there you him. go. That was Texas worth it. A&M, that was a long I think walk. he came from. Yeah. No idea. Um, if you hung Big in Marv, there for that, way, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big Marv, maybe see him uh, from the practice squad. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be fun. Jason Huntley. I'd love to see Jason Huntley get some playing time. Sure. Can, can John Hightower do anything? Like, that would be nice to see. So, you know, there's some guys. He was already elevated, right. right? John Hightower? Or did he Once, just come back? No, no, no. I mean, oh, no. they He was one of the guys they protected already this week. Yeah, they protected him. So he'll him, definitely be up. Coyote and Mac McCain and someone else. So I can't remember. Um all right. Yeah, anyone they protect, anyway. anyone they protected will be up for game day. Anyway, yeah. So uh, before we go to the picks segment, let's just quickly note that uh, the Miami draft positioning. So my, the Miami Dolphins were uh, eliminately, uh, bleh, eliminated, eliminately, uh, elim- eliminated uh, against the <laughs> Tennessee Titans uh, week seventeen. That was a big game, as we said during the last podcast. The Titans' yeah. uh, magic number was one heading into week seventeen. Uh, all they needed was one win or one Colts loss, and they got one of each uh, in Week 17. But they also knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs. So that pick, and I'm actually in the middle. I was in the middle of writing a post about this, uh, but that pick uh, when we started the podcast here. But that pick will land anywhere in between 10th, and I figured out it'll be 16th is the lowest that it can land. So between mm. 10th and 16th. Um, and I thought maybe uh, we can call our shots right now. Mm. Who do they take with the pick acquired by Miami? I'm going to say, and by the way, Titans, big win for them because now they can clinch the freaking one seed with a win over yep. Houston. Um, not that that matters, but I just thought that was you know kind of crazy. Uh, I'm going to say Devin Lloyd. Okay. They're going to take a linebacker. So they're going to take finally. a linebacker, huh? Devin they're Lloyd finally going to do it. Utah. I think you look at the success, obviously, of Darius Leonard in 
Mm-hmm. Colts defense and TJ Edwards has been good, but I think wouldn't hurt to kind of pair him with a strong player next to him. And obviously Alex Singleton, I think has been respectable, but I think, you know, ideally long-term you kind of want a better option there. And maybe they believe in Davion still where they're not going to do this, but uh, it's tough right now. It's so early. I'm just kind of throwing a name out there and I've seen a lot of Devin Lloyd hype and I think he might be available in that range. So I'm going to go with him. And I think it's not impossible that even if it's not, you know, him, uh, or if it's not a linebacker, they could also go safety, which they've literally never done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a debate on that whether uh, Ben Jones, ah, Georgia cornerback, who started for a little while for the Eagles, um, he was drafted as a cornerback, but actually oh, played okay. safety as a rookie uh, because they had injuries and stuff. So people want to say that he was a safety that they drafted in the first. No, round. that doesn't count. That has to be a full time safety. I agree completely. Um, so yeah, uh, I will see, I think they really are going to be gunning for a defensive end in this. I agree. Like that's by far and away their biggest need. The quarterback conversation, if we're just eliminating the quarterback conversation, defensive end is their number one need. And then number two, whatever you want to call it, wide receiver, whatever is a distant second. Uh, but I think the defensive ends that like the the top quality guys are all going to be gone whether it's Hutchinson from Michigan, uh, Thibodeau from uh, Oregon, Karlaftis from Purdue. They're all going to be gone. Um, maybe they trade up for one of those guys, like Karlaftis. Maybe you don't have to move up too far for him. You got Ojabo. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or not, from Michigan. Maybe they reach for a guy like him. But uh, I think when they're on the clock, it's going to be another one of those years where it's like there's another like super loaded wide receiver draft. Like just could be a bunch of them taking in the first round again. I think you got oh, like baby. Jameson Williams might be sitting there. Uh, another Bama boy saying, "Come take me. I'm very good and I'm very fast and I make plays and I you know and how he loves after, Alabama players run after the catch like he he's this fast guy that they thought Rager would be, but actually is, and uh, I think he solves a lot of their issues. So. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go with Jameson Williams. How about this? Um, you know, I brought up linebacker, but I think it would have to be in the vein of not just a pure, obviously, you know, like typical prototypical, uh, four, three off ball linebacker. What if they, and I don't know if this guy exists cause I'm, you know, not in the weeds in the draft, uh, yet enough. So I'm thinking, you know, what about a guy? What if they look at Micah Parsons and they're like, Hmm. And obviously, you know, you look at, uh, Anthony Barr. And mm-hmm. obviously, Gannon having yeah, background the there. Yeah. So, yeah, what if, in you know, how about instead of Jarnard Avery, who I thought was actually, you know, made some good plays, obviously <laughs> right. had a big sack uh, against Washington. But what if they feel like they can get like a star at that spot and a guy okay. that they can really have on the field and, and kind of, you know, it's hard to say be Micah Parsons because he's obviously had a really good year and you're not going to just find one of those guys so easily whenever. But, you know, someone, so it would be kind of against type for the Eagles to take a linebacker, but it's a guy, you know, in theory, who can, you know, provide right. a lot of pass rushing value and that kind of, you know, makes it so that he's not just the traditional linebacker. So that I guess that's another thing I would think uh, on their radar. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree that edge rusher is the most likely in terms of preference. But I don't know. Like I was looking at mock drafts, and I, don't, I couldn't find like the right you know like fit there and who could potentially fall there. Like I can I can bring up one of the names you mentioned, but I don't know if they're going to make it there. Um, so uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the draft. Exactly. But yes. it is good for <laughs> the Eagles that they will be getting at least one pick that is above. They they clinched the top. 18 pick and obviously you're saying 16 now they they clinched a non you know they don't have to worry about all these picks like being in the 20s which has been a really bad range by the way for howie roseman yeah. when you look at the last picks he's had there 
Andre Dillard, Dylan Rager, Marcus <laughs> Smith. Uh, so it's not the best track record yeah. in that range, but okay. You get him uh, in the top and, 19, he's golden. <laughs> or at least, or at least usually. I mean, Derek Barnett is maybe, is maybe, maybe not a great you, example, but. And if you trade a third round pick at the 2018 deadline, you're also golden. <laughs> exactly. Golden Tate. Uh, by the way, who just like was cut from the Titans practice squad? I kind of forgot that he was even still around and even a thing. So didn't even know he was on a practice squad. Yep. There you go. Uh, Jimmy, why don't we take a break here and get into our picks? So, sorry. One last thing on draft positioning. Uh, okay. And this is nobody's rooting for this, of course. But if the Eagles lose week 18 and then they also lose in the first round of the playoffs, they're just about guaranteed to have the 19th overall pick as their own pick. Silver lining? Yes. So, okay. Anyway, uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, if you are looking to buy or sell your home, you can call or text Kristen Roach. Again, 856-906-9295. I'll repeat that. 856-906-9295. Or go to Roach Realtors. Dot com. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, I heard uh, some interesting rumors today that uh, you'll be starting a cooking show. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know, she, that actually sounds kind of fun, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I, I probably I probably won't watch that. In fact, one thing I will say about Sixers games is that the Sixers play. I watch them on TV. I wake up the next day. I do my work. I write. I do this, that, and the other. And then I, you know, when I'm done, I turn the TV on around I don't know three, four o'clock or so, and a show that is simulcasted on the same channel that the Sixers play their games comes and i can't possibly change the channel fast enough like i'm like no get off my tv right now uh without mentioning any names but yeah <laughs> cooking show would be uh, fun to do though right would be fun i think i think especially with someone too like if yeah. you could do it maybe with me like, you, let's buddy. say oh yeah there you go but i'm also talking about someone with culinary <laughs> knowledge too like you had someone you yes. could lean on you know like, like emerald or whatever you know it's like you and like a co- actual cooking person i don't know it could be kind of fun like the novice and the the pro uh working together i don't know it could be fun um i like a cooking show i like a food show more than a cooking show to be clear like something like you know like a man versus food or something somewhere they're right, going to eat yeah. a lot um and really good food and I have to be eating during what, if I'm watching one of the shows. Like I'm, I have to do it. I'm getting hungry. I'm thinking about it. So what happened to man anyway, versus food? Uh, so Adam Richman used to be the original guy, and he was awesome. I think like he was he was really yeah. fun to watch. And they have a new guy on now. I haven't really kind of oh, like it's still going, huh? Yeah, but it's it's a new person, and I haven't. I've seen a lot of people don't like him as much. 
I've seen some clips. He seems <laughs> fine. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know much about him. But I've gone to a number of those places that uh, Adam Richmond has gone to and uh, really good spots. So, he did yeah. chicken I mean, of the egg once. I know that. In, uh, Long that's Beach right. Island. He did. Yeah. So. yeah. Our, our favorite spot in LBI. Um, I know he's, he did Eagle Deli in Boston, which their okay. burgers are just like so, 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 so good. Um, I think – I'm trying to think where else. I think I went to a place in Portland called Salvador Mali's, which had these – I think that was him. They have these really crazy, spicy, hot fritters. They're habanero fritters. And they make you sign a waiver to eat them. Okay. So I did it. And, Jimmy, <laughs> it was uh, it was an intense experience. Not okay. only do you have to eat the fritters, but you also have to like kind of lick the plate clean. And there's this habanero sauce served with Oof. the fritters. And honestly, that might have been worse probably than the, the fritters because that is just like direct heat on tongue contact as opposed to like you can kind of like, you know, chew the fritters and you don't have to put them right on your tongue. But the sauce, like you kind of have to put that right on your tongue. Um, so that was so intense. It was so intense that I – my strategy was to eat them all really quick. So I did that. Like I just kind of like popped them all in my mouth really quick and took it down quick because I didn't want to like do it slowly and let it linger. Then it's getting too hot and then I'm like tapping out before I can do it. So I got it all down, but then I couldn't talk for like maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> I just, and I, I couldn't, like, I, my friend, I drank through all my water and then my friend's Did water, so I went with a couple too? of friends. No. Okay. I went with a couple of friends. Um, and I couldn't even ask them if I could have their water. Like, I just, I just had to grab it, like, from where they had it <laughs> and just, like, start drinking it. Cause, like, I, I couldn't ask. I couldn't, like, work up my tongue, which was in so much pain to do it. And then I was messed up for, like, until the next morning, like I did not feel great. Uh, so, um, yeah, was it worth it? I would say so. It was a fun experience. I got my picture taken. I'm up on the wall there, or at least I was, hopefully for a time in Portland. So, uh, so there we go. There's a there's another show now where they actually take turn. They like they they eat either a wing or if you like people are like you know vegan or whatever cauliflower, mm-hmm. and it it. Each time they take a, a new bite of each thing, it increases in heat. I mm. think it's called Hot Ones. Oh, Jimmy, come on. Yeah, I know what Hot Ones is. Okay. Joel, Joel really... Reed was on it. Yes, he was. And he, man, he freaking toughed that thing out. Like, he didn't <laughs> – I don't even think he had milk or anything along the way or barely any. And he also didn't, like, show that he was dying. You, you could tell it's affecting him, but he was pretty tough yeah. through it. Well, the, the famous one is Paul Rudd, the Paul Rudd clip where he goes – uh Look at us. Yeah, look, look at, at us. us. Who, Who would have thought? thought? Not, Not me. me. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I love Hot Ones. Great show. I haven't watched any of the episodes in a while, but always a really good time. Um, speaking of special guests, Jimmy, I'm trying to I, – I have to I have to talk to Rachel. I have to make this work. I'm trying – with the Eagles in the playoffs, I feel like to up the game a little bit here. we got to get some people on. been overdue to have some people on, so – I'll coordinate with you two. Maybe we can kind of do an additional pod or, or work it into BGN Radio. Somehow. I want to get some special guests on, so okay. stay tuned for that. Um, Jimmy, though, it is time to get to our NFL picks against the spread. And heading into week 18, I am ahead of you. I'm 48 and 41 against the spread this season. You dip back below behind uh. 500. You're 44 and 45 mm. with one week to go in the regular season. Obviously, we'll continue to do this to some extent throughout the playoffs. Um, but I will be crowned the regular season champion, unlike most likely, or yeah, definitely, because you yeah, can't no, beat me because there's only yeah. four games. Uh, so good job for me. Uh, you are <laughs> 11 and five straight up picking the Eagles this year. I am mm-hmm. 12 and four 
also okay. think I'm going to beat you on that one. Yeah, because we're we'll both going to take them to lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get it started. And we will start out with the Colts, who are still fighting for a playoff spot after a really bad loss to the Raiders in terms of a loss that like, they just choked. And Carson Wentz did not play well. And as a result, the Colts potentially could miss the playoffs. It involves losing to the Jaguars, which doesn't seem like the biggest task. But I will point out that Frank Reich has never swept the Jags in his tenure as Colts head coach. And the Colts have not won a Jaguars home game. And now some of these have taken place in London. They're not all in Jacksonville. But point being, even so, the Colts have not won a road game against the Jags since 2014. So, wow, is that right? Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I a, know they, I remember they lost to one. They lost to the Jags week one last year. Yes. And that, that was like their only win, right? Uh, was it? Did or one of their two only wins? Obviously, they had the number one pick in the draft. So they didn't I think they was their many only wins. And right now, if the season ended right now, they would have the number one pick. They're two and 14, and the Lions are two, 13 and one. So, they're incentivized to tank this game too. So I don't, I don't think there's really any chance of the Colts not winning this game, but that is a crazy stat. I didn't know that existed, that they haven't won in Jacksonville in that long. And that'll be the number one game. I think for uh, Eagles fans to watch uh, on Sunday, at least that's an early game, right? That's a, that's a one o'clocker. Probably. I think so. Um, So that'll be the one o'clock game of interest to Eagles fans. Uh, But yeah, the Colts are minus 15 and a half in this game. And uh, I'll not only take them, but I'll take them to cover. The Colts also only beat the Jags by six points when they faced off back in Indy earlier mm. this season. So I don't know. It's a division game. I know you said the thing about the number one pick, but 15.5, it's a, it's a, a lot of number. points. <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I could. This is the Jags Super Bowl, man. Like, hey, we can potentially knock the Colts out of the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence, you know, I think is had overall not the rookie season you would want to see, but it's kind of tough, obviously, to evaluate him with, Urban Meyer being there and just the, kind of the organization being a dumpster fire. Um, but, you know, I can see him really wanting to win this game and end on a high note. So I will take those 15 and a half points. I'll take the Jags to win outright. Um, so I can see a scenario. <laughs> okay. Can you envision a scenario that Carson Wentz is like at the center of this epic Colts collapse? Like, sure. It's not it's like possible. impossible We've to envision. So uh, I'm going to will it into existence and say that the Colts end up being on the outside looking in. So I will take the Jags. And it's more fun to root for that anyway. So I'll take that. Okay. Um, uh, that brings us to the Patriots, who are six and a half point favorites at the Dolphins. The Patriots obviously lost to the Dolphins in week one. But that mm-hmm. was kind of like, it was such like a BS loss. Like the Patriots were about to win that game. And then it just fumbled it away. Um, and then the Col- the Dolphins went on that long. They started, they went what? They lost their next seven games yep. after that. So uh, I'm going to take the Patriots in this one because... I think they're not going to get swept by the Dolphins. And the Dolphins obviously struggled against Tennessee last week. And I'm still not super buying into Tua. You have the Alabama quarterback matchup here again, obviously, between Mac Jones and Tua. Um, I think the Patriots defense can kind of shut down Tua. And I think the Patriots offense will be able to do enough, especially coming off a 50-point performance. I know it was against the Jags, but still, uh, I'll take the Patriots to cover and win. Yeah, so the Patriots and the Bills are both 10 and 6. So the Patriots can still win the AFC East. Uh, Bills hold the tiebreaker advantage over the Patriots. So they need a win and they need the Bills to lose to the Jets. So 
not a lot of hope there Tough. for the Patriots, but they're still going to play their starters uh, and they're going to try to win this game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll give me the Patriots. By the way, the Dolphins, like during that uh, seven game win streak that they had after the seven game losing streak, here are the teams they played Texans, Ravens. Ravens, by the way, while they were sort of in their slide, uh, Panthers. That was a good win. It was a good win, yeah. Panthers, but still, I mean, they, they were they were still yeah. struggling at that point. Panthers, Giants, Jets, uh, Saints with uh, not even uh, Taysom Hill or uh, or Simeon. Who was the who was the guy that Ian Book and uh, yeah, and uh, finally they they lost and they got hammered by the Titans last week, thirty four to three. So yeah, sort of the uh, the shine is uh, off the Dolphins after their bad loss in Week 17, their elimination loss. So, yeah, give me the Patriots, and I will also take them to cover. So do you know what the Dolphins pick could be uh, if they lose, like, the highest it could be, like, the worst possible spot it could be? Because you said 10 is the best. But, 10 to like, 16. If they lose. 16 is the worst that it can but be. But even if they lose, it would be 16 still? Uh, No, if they lose, then the best it can be is 10. Yeah, but I'm saying what's the worst it could be if they lose? You don't have that. Oh, I'm sorry. The hand. worst thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hold on. Let me pull up Tank of Time real quick. But 16 get- is the worst it could be if they win. Yes. Correct. But, you know, let's say they if lose. They and lose, what's the worst it could be? So, uh, well, right now they're 14th. So there are two other teams that are 8 and 8, which are the Saints and the Ravens. Um, if they also lost, uh, of course, they would all finish 8 and 9. Miami's strength of schedule right now, which is the tiebreaker, is 467. Uh, the Saints are the closest to them at 515. So those strengths of schedules aren't going to change so much that the Dolphins will dip behind you know, either the Saints or the Ravens. So if they lose, the worst I think it can be, and I got to just confirm this in the article, that, again, that I was writing before we started the podcast, uh, I have to confirm that there's no way of catching mm-hmm. them, but almost certainly they can't be worse than 14th if they lose. Okay. That's good for the Eagles. Um, Derek Barnett taking that 14th. <laughs> that's so, right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that brings us to the football team at Giants game. We don't need to spend much time on the game itself. I think the football team is obviously going to win. The Giants are listless, but... I already talked about Joe Judge with RJ on the NFC's mixtape, but I feel like you might want to weigh in on him. Maybe. Yeah, so what, do you have anything to say? Meltdown mode. My God. <laughs> like the the one quote I didn't listen to his his eleven minute rant or whatever it was. I didn't listen to any of it. Um, I, I guess I did see like a little clip here and there, but um, the one quote that I saw people putting on Twitter was that like it's not a clown show. <laughs> yeah. Not a clown show organization. <laughs> Which, if you have to actually use the words, it's not a clown show. Uh, I think like he has actually done so much damage this week that it's possible that he might get fired now. <laughs> like, they, like there are already a lot of reports saying that he was going to survive this. Uh, he both, both he and Daniel Jones, uh, not so much uh, Dave Gettleman. Like, I think his. His uh his tenure is you know basically dead and buried at this point, but um I I think that he has just been such a disaster the entirety of the week, and po- who knows what's going to happen, what he's going to say after they lose to Washington this week. Like it could even get worse. Or that it's possible that like remember like there were reports that Doug was going to stay the yep. Eagles head coach around this time of the year last year, and uh, even after the season ended, there were reports that he was going to stay the head coach, and things happen. In his case, he wanted to bring back Press Taylor as his 
as his uh, offensive coordinator. And the Eagles were like, no. And uh-huh. uh, Doug was like, yes. And they're like, okay, well, then you got to go too. Uh, so that's where that went. And who knows what can happen with the Giants. And, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Judge is possibly, he, I think he could still get fired. Uh, bad for the Eagles if he does, because, I mean, he, that clearly their organization is a total clown show. And I think it would be a lot of thing that, the other thing that was very funny too was he said something to the effect of he and a lot of other assistants with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Thought they were going to get fired midseason yeah. in 2018, which if yeah. you actually look at the context of their season, first of all, they were coming off a Super Bowl loss to the Eagles, of course, that year. They and won then, the Super Bowl yeah, that year. That. And I think they were seven and two. Uh, like it sort of, I guess that wouldn't have been the midpoint of the season. I don't know what they were, the actual, like after eight games or whatever, but they were a good record. They had a good, like they were, nobody would have been in danger of losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So he's just talking out his ass, like making stuff up. He said that there were players that were formerly, like that left the Giants for more money who have yeah. since called him and said, Oh, I wish I were still playing for the Giants instead of where I am now. And people actually, multiple went times back a week. They, 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 he, they, well, first of all, that's tampering, which is kind of funny, but also like it's people went back and fact checked to see if like any players actually did leave the Giants and, you know, for mm-hmm. more money. I think it was like two players, uh, both of whom, I think Dalvin likely, Tomlinson. Yeah. And he plays for who? The Vikings. Now. Okay. Well, they, so at least they were in a position to make the playoffs. And then there was somebody, they're not now, obviously, but, and then there's another player that was, you know, that's BJ Hill, maybe Kevin Zeitler, maybe where's he play for? Didn't they cut him? No, they traded him, I think. Okay, or maybe they cut him. He's playing with the Ravens. Okay, but yeah, I don't think it'd be him because he traded him. It's not like he left for more money. They, 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 oh, they gave right. him away. exactly, right? Right, right. But whatever it was, there was just a there was only like two players <laughs> that like could possibly have fit that criteria, <laughs> and uh. It didn't seem likely that any of those it's a guys. Lie. Were, it's it's obviously just, a it's lie. just flat out lying. And then they also interviewed uh, Devontae Booker, who is their backup running back to Saquon Barkley. And uh, he said something to the effect of like, yeah, I didn't even listen to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> like they're asking him about Joe Judge's comments. And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't, I, didn't I, I had no interest in listening to any of that or something to that effect. So, yeah, I mean, the idea that his, like, his players love it. By the way, weren't there like four guys during training camp that quit football? Yeah. Retired. <laughs> so yeah. They just, they're like, I'm out of here. So, the idea that uh, Joe Judge's yeah. players love him is just utterly absurd. It's really crazy. I think the way I put it to RJ is like, there's not a team in the NFL that would be like, oh, darn, Joe Judge has come back. Every team who <laughs> has to play the Giants next year, especially the NFC's teams, yes. are like, Joe Judge is back. Great. Awesome. We love that. Like, could not be happier that that is the case. Uh, I do think that that report gets put out there, like that Joe Judge is going to be back in part because there's, I think, some level of ownership or decision makers like, gauging the reaction to that. It could like, be. Seeing, like, like, taking the temperature on that, like seeing, like, how are people responding to this? Because if they are, everyone is like, wow, you guys are clowns. So then it's like, well, maybe we should not do this. But I don't know. I, I do think he could be in more danger. Even Peter King was kind of suggesting that after originally saying they should keep Judge, I saw on Big Blue View. And I also thought uh, Ed, our good friend Ed Valentine, uh, had a good take on this and something I hadn't really thought about. And, well, first of all, I would just get rid of him no matter what. But the way that Ed 
put it is that ownership should not make a decision on Joe Judge. And what they should do is they should have a really good GM search in terms of not just promoting mm-hmm. Kevin Abrams. They should look outside the organization, go through a r- rigorous, you know, really good uh, GM search. They should hire that guy, and then they should trust that guy to either keep Joe Judge, which if that guy is worth their salt or woman, they would not, or you know, hire a new coach. So basically, like make the GM in charge of that. And I actually think that's probably a good idea because the Giants ownership clearly has no idea what they're doing. So why not hire a GM who might know about football more than them? Uh, and and do that now. You know they hired Dave Gettleman last time, so uh, <laughs> kind of have to find the right GM. But I actually think that would be a fair approach. The downside uh, to that is that you'd have like you're behind ever. Everyone hires their head coach more than likely before you, so you're left with whatever is left. Yeah. But in the past, we've seen that teams that hire coaches, like you know the Eagles were, weren't they the last team to hire a head coach last year? And they probably wound up with. I mean, One arguably, yeah. arguably the best of the seven that in that cycle, you have mm-hmm. the Colts who, you know, got left at the altar by uh, Josh McDaniels. They end up with Frank Reich, who's done a good job for them, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't I don't think like being the first team to hire a coach is necessarily I, mean, I think there are advantages to it, but doesn't guarantee that you're going to come up. You know, you're going you're gonna to have the best coach of the bunch when it's all said and done. So we're both taking Washington uh, minus seven, I think, <laughs> <Yes>. very clearly. <laughs> yes. That brings us to the final game, which is actually the first game in terms of when it's taking place because it's on mm-hmm. a freaking Saturday night. You know what, and dude? Is- I like So I was just sort of planning my week, and I have on my big calendar whiteboard, I have seven things planned for Sunday that I have to mm-hmm. either write or update. So in hindsight, like when I first saw the schedule change from set from Sunday to Saturday, I was like, yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I don't want to cover. I want to cover a night game, meaningless night game. Like I want a hole in the head. Uh, But in hindsight, Sunday is going to be very busy for both of us. So maybe not the worst thing that they just get that game out of the way. And then we can watch all the NFL games the following day. The other NFL games around the league. Yeah, I mean, it's just as anyone, and this is, you know, this is beat writer, slash, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, like problems, who cares? I but, just don't. But at the same time, the, the fans that are like the hardcore fans anyway, the ones that like would listen to our podcast are, mm-hmm. I'm sure, almost all hardcore fans. They at least can, you know, get the Eagles game out of the way and then they can, you know, focus on all the other games that have, you know, uh, other implications to the Eagles, like draft positioning. 2022 schedule implications uh who the eagles playoff opponent is going to be of course uh, a bunch of other stuff too so eh, i don't think it's the worst thing ultimately who cares about that stuff baby i'm all about <laughs> me here jimmy and i don't want to be up late for a night game so no i get those are obviously valid points um it's still annoying anyway cowboys seven point favorites we're both going to take him to win this game and cover because the Eagles are playing their backups and it seems like the Cowboys even if they don't play their starters for all 60 minutes will be playing them for some amount of time and maybe the game is competitive like early on you know maybe Gardner Minshew does some good things whatever but I think ultimately in the end the Eagles backups will not be great although imagine a scenario where the Eagles play their backups and the Cowboys play their starters and the Eagles win anyway. Uh, that would be just truly amazing. That would be like just that would be the worst way to enter the playoffs, right? For Dallas, you lose oh, to the Cardinals, sure. yeah, you yeah, lose yeah. to the Eagles backups. It's like, well, what the <laughs> heck? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, 
not going to happen. There, is there a uh, is there a comp to that? You know, I was, what, maybe I was, you know. Actually, Eagles twenty seventeen because they didn't just completely arrest their starters. Remember, Nick Foles played early yeah. in that game, and there was a play where uh, I want to. Uh, he threw over the middle to Tory Smith, who had a mm-hmm. bad drop. And I remember that oh, was sort yeah. of the rallying cry for Nick Foles heading into the playoffs. Where, I mean, you, me, think like well, most everyone else kind of thought, oh, they're in big trouble. It's <laughs> like heading into these mm-hmm. playoffs after this amazing season. And uh, obviously, they did what they did. Uh, but Nick Foles had that really bad stretch where, like, he played okay in the first game that he came in against the Rams, uh, but then he played horribly against. The Raiders, the Raiders somewhere in the stretch. He played badly against the Cowboys, except for that one throw that was dropped that could have gone for a long game. Uh, and he wasn't he, great against the Falcons in the wild card. That's true. <laughs> or, that's true. or the divisional. Thank yeah. you, Keanu O'Neill. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he they did play at least a quarter, I want to say, in that game. Yeah. And it didn't go well. And it didn't like help anyone's confidence heading into the nope. playoffs. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, they lost that game 0-6. to six. Mostly behind Sud. Yes. Um, why don't we go to Jimmy? I want to predict who the Eagles' first round oh, wild right. card yep. opponent will be, uh, and we'll do that by repeating the activity that we did on the NFC mixtape. Um, we'll just do our own prediction here, or or maybe we'll come to consensus. Whatever. We'll see it. We'll talk through it here. All right. But let's let's go through these games. There's five games that could obviously impact all the seating scenarios. We'll start with the Eagles-Cowboys game. We're both taking the Cowboys to win, so that mm-hmm. limits it down to three scenarios from there. Are you taking the Rams or the 49ers to win? Keep in mind, the 49ers have beaten the Rams five straight times. And we're, of course, using uh, as help, yes. a, as a guide, the great Den- Deniz. Deniz. Selman. Selman. Uh, you can find him, Deniz Selman, D-E-N-I-Z-S-E-L-M-A-N, 33. Yep. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, so Rams, 49ers, I got the Rams. Okay. So then that really leaves the only, that means if that's the case, then the Eagles are already locked in at that point to the, the Rams as the number two seed, right? Unless, oh, that oh right? so that, no, no, well, no, 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 no. There's still one more thing that has to happen. The Falcons. Okay. Yeah. The Falcons. Yeah. So, okay. So are you taking the Falcons or the Saints to win? I'm taking the Saints to win that game. Okay, well then, yeah, then the Saints get in as the seven seed. They will play the Rams as the number two seed, and the Eagles will be headed down to Tampa Bay. The Eagles bumping up to the number six seed yep. to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round, and then the Cowboys would be the four seed to hosting the Cardinals, and then the Packers would be on the bye, and assuming that the Saints don't somehow find a way to upset the Rams, um, then the Eagles, if they were able to beat the Bucks, would be playing in Green Bay <laughs> in the divisional round. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. So, all right. <laughs> for me, so, yeah, personally. I, well, yeah, for, again, if someone else to cover it, I think I do think it will be the Bucks. I mean, obviously, that's just likely when mm-hmm. you look at the chart and uh, all those scenarios, and, and when you have to consider that uh, – Part of the outcomes where the Eagles don't play the Bucks is where, again, the Panthers have to beat Tampa Bay. And I just, you know, good luck with that. Um, so, so do you have the same scenario? You have the Rams beating the 49ers and the Saints beating Atlanta? 
I mean, I don't know that the biggest toss up there is the Rams game. Like that's that's tough. Like the Forty Nineers are. Way. Let, let's let's do that okay. scenario. So like if the and the Forty Niners, I think have beaten them five times in a row or something. That's like what that. I just said, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, you did. I'm I sorry. Just, I just set that up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go uh, to the so in this scenario, Rams or Rams lose to the Niners. Uh, Arizona, Seattle at Arizona. Who you got? Okay, so wait, so we're taking the, the Eagles to lose still, right? Cowboys, yes. the Cowboys lose, or sorry, the Cowboys win. Um, then the the 49ers win, and then yeah, that brings us to and that see that game is tough too at that point because like I know the Cardinals just won and the Seahawks have stunk, but like what if it's you know Russell Wilson's last game with Seattle and he goes out you know and and also the Cards choke. The Cards played a game last year. Where who was it against? I forget against the 49ers or whoever it was, and the Cards had a playoff position to, or a playoff spot to play for, and they lost. Yeah, they lost um, the last so two like, games last year when it looked like they were almost certainly in. So I don't like I don't just trust them, you know, unequivocally, even though they just beat the Cowboys and they almost kind of you know lost control at the end there too. So I might take Seattle to win that. Hmm. Okay. I like Seattle with the points. How about that? At the very least, I do think it's going to be a game. I think Seattle's like plus seven in that game. Like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a game. I don't think like Russell Wilson's going to lay down and die and potentially his last game with, with Seattle. So I would take Arizona in that game. Okay. Um, so then that, but you're right. Us. Like, it might be, you're right. And, and the Russell Wilson last game with the Seahawks point is valid. Like, there, there, I think a lot of people were picking the Steelers to win because it was Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh. And I thought that's mm-hmm. stupid. The Browns are better. Like they have the, a great rushing attack. The Steelers can't stop the run. I'm taking the Browns and the Steelers win pretty easily mm-hmm. too. So like, you know, that stuff maybe does matter. I don't know. Uh, but so let's, so your scenario is you're, are you're taking the Seahawks? Yeah. Okay. So and next game, gonna, Tampa. And then the Bucks, obviously there's just no okay. scenario where I see the Panthers winning. So that would put the Eagles at the seven seed still and playing the Bucks. <laughs> so you still got the seed. Bucks. All right, so yeah. in my scenario, I'll take the Cardinals, and then, of course, I'll take Tampa over Carolina. And in that scenario, ah, it's Philly at Tampa again. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like it's, it's- yeah, what needs to happen for, for the Eagles? The most likely scenario for the Eagles to play uh, the Rams would be – I mean, the only way it can happen, I guess, is if Dallas wins. and Not the only way, but the most likely way is if Dallas wins, the Rams win, and the Falcons beat the Saints – which mm-hmm. that's not out of the question either, really. I think that's what RJ has. I think RJ has that. It's like we talked through that in the mixtape in, in that scenario, like you said, yeah. He the the Rams would be hosting the Eagles uh in yes. the first round. Yeah, the, I mean the the Saints aren't good. So it's certainly Yeah, the, but the Falcons either the are Falcons pretty, and they're done they're also. Also, by the way, if the Falcons beat the Saints, uh they will be second they'll clinch second place in the NFC South. Hmm. Like that game has uh Eagles 2022 schedule implications. So whoever okay. wins that game, the Eagles play next year. Right. As a little side note. All right. Now that we've talked through all <laughs> that, Jimmy, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, looking forward to going to Tampa. <laughs> if, uh, you know, these scenarios play out the way that we think, uh, also LA would be fine, I guess too. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to a uh, playoff game. It's been uh, unlikely all year that they're going to make it there. And uh, the juice is back in Philadelphia. So I'm happy uh, that the Eagles have made the playoffs because it's good for you and me and our coverage of the team. And uh, it's good for the city and it's good for the fans. And uh, it'll you know give sort of um, – th- th- there will be more interest in the team, I think, uh, this offseason with a little bit of whiff 
of success from the team. So I'm happy about that. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a good thing. I think for everyone involved, um, we'll see how it goes in the playoffs for the Eagles. We'll be covering it here every step of the way with podcast, written content, all the good stuff. So why don't you check out bleedinggreennation.com for my work? Check out affiliatevoice.com for Jimmy's work. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Check out Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. BGN Radio underscore, BGN underscore radio on Twitter for the podcast account where you can see all the shows getting promoted there. And at Bleeding Green for the written content for Bleeding Green Nation. Com. You can check out the SB Nation NFL show, which, again, is really ramping up with the playoffs here. Daily podcast during the week. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of uh, good Super Bowl coverage once we get to that point. So I think we got special guests and different things lined up for the SB Nation NFL show, so you should be checking that out. want to give a thank you to all the listeners who have been giving the five stars, not only on Apple Podcasts and the reviews there, but also newly on Spotify now, where you can't review yet. I think they might still be adding that, but you can at least give the five-star rating. Jimmy, I believe we have like 120 five-star really? ratings and you had a five-star. So yeah, good. really good job by all the listeners showing support, showing love on there. Thank their. you so very thank much you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and what else am I missing? All the other, you know, podcasts we have on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed, whether it's the NFC mixtape, which I'm on with RJ each week. And I think a lot of people are enjoying that, having fun hearing from him, especially as maybe the Cowboys are collapsing. That'll be great to have that, uh, on file. Hopefully it happens. Uh, we obviously have Babes on Broad and from the Bleachers of Seamus and, uh, QB Factory Reboot with, um, Rachelle and Mark Schofield and Eye on the Enemy with John Stolness. And I feel like I'm probably forgetting someone, leaving someone out. And if I am, I'm sorry, but there's just so many, there's a lot of good stuff. So check it all out. Um, also rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out righteousfelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's worth it. Also go to wildnaturepet.com if you want some dog snacks, dog treats for your dog. And same discount code BGN15 at wildnaturepet.com. You can text, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors of RoachRealtors.com by using this phone number here provided to you by Jimmy. 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent a house, or get connected with realtors who aren't necessarily in New Jersey and are in a different state um, nearby. So do all that good stuff. We appreciate it. And the next time we talk to you, we will be previewing an Eagles playoff game. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N. <laughs>